Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Um, we're going to continue this year called Seeing the Soul, this series called Seeing the Soul. And we're going to specifically focus on Chinuch right now, today, as I waited in my car for Chavirim to come broken in for Akaway. Um, so there's a rule in Chinuch like this. There's something called the 80-20 rule, which is that 80% of our interactions with our children should be positive, and then we could have 20%, which is the nose, right, which is negative, which is not just telling off a kid necessarily, but um, telling him it's time to go to bed, telling him anything he doesn't want to do when we're being forceful or where we're, we're, we have to tell someone to stop doing something is considered a negative. So that's a rule. It's a, it's a famous rule. It's an 80-20 rule. So the question is like this. What's the what, what what's really going on? I mean, if someone counts on his finger, okay, I did one, two, three, four, five. I said eight yeses. Now I have rishus to give two noes. Right now I could tell the the kid off twice. So of course not. That's just silly. First of all, there's no tricks in chinuch, and every situation is different. But in general, what the rule means is that the our all of the no's have to be cushioned in the yes. The relationship with our children have to be a positive relationship. It has to be a relationship where the kid trusts the parent and knows that the parent wants his best, his or her best, and is only trying to make things good and better for them. And then when you give the no, it's not that they feel rejected. It's not that it's a no. The no is cushioned in the yes, and the no now means that I have your best in mind. You know I have your best in mind. You trust me. You trust that we're in this together, and the no is in, is is good for you, and the no is in your best interest. <clears throat> and then when a child feels that, he feels that comfort and security and trust with his parent, and the parent says no, so it's a very different story. The child feels that this is something which is good for me. It's good for my for for me to not be able to have X, Y, and Z, or not be able to do X, Y, and Z, or have to be pushed to do something he's not in the mood of now. Obviously, kids are going to be upset when they ask for something and they can't get it. But deep down, he knows that the parent's there for him or her. Now, uh, a Rebbe told me <coughs> that he asked her of Elia Brudney. Um, he keeps getting this question from people. The kid turns 12 years old and they want a tablet. And now the question arises, if they give a kid a tablet, at least they'll be able to put, put on filters or have some kind of screen recording and be able to see what their kid's up to. Um, and hopefully have some control over it. And if they don't, if they tell the, 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 the kid that he can't have it, then, you know, he's going to borrow his friends or who knows what. And then it's got the, the parent doesn't know at all what's going on with his kid online. So Revelia Brittany said the question doesn't start now. The question starts when what happened the past seven years in the home? Is the home a place where the kid feels comfortable? Is a home a place where the kid knows that his parents are there for him? Is, is a home a place which is happy? And the, and the boy wants to be there or the girl wants to be there and spend time at home. If yes, then you're able to say no. Does that mean the kid's going to be super happy with it? No, no, obviously not. But the kid knows that this is in his best interest and this is, is, this is what's good for him and the parent's only there for him. Or her, she knows that the parent is there for her. He knows that the parent is there for him, and it's a totally different story. It's a totally different narrative when the child knows that this is in their best interest. Do they feel good at that moment when they can't have what they want? No. But the fact that, oh, every other kid in the class has a tablet 
how come I'm the only kid without, which first of all, obviously we know is not true. Every kid doesn't mean every kid, but that's what they're saying. And they know that, and then they know that, no, their, their, their parents have their best interests in mind. And and you could explain to them, we, you know, different people have different things work for different people in our home. This doesn't work for us. And they're so happy and relaxed and, and, and want to be in that home. Then it's a different story. It's a different story than, oh, you can't have this. Then yeah. Otherwise I'll go behind our backs. And to take this a drop farther, we really should implement this with ourselves also. We have to treat ourselves with the 80-20 rule. Again, that does not mean 80% of the time I'm going to tell myself I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, and then 20% of the time I'm going to tell myself no. The point, it's not the point. That's not what's going on behind the rule. It's not what the goal of it is. We have to talk to ourselves in a way of understanding who we really are and appreciating who we are and loving ourselves and being able to tell ourselves and be able to feel awesome and that life's awesome and it's amazing to be alive and we could capitalize on today and then when we have to push ourselves and when we have to be in control of ourselves when it's hard but we know we have to feel we have to feel a good in a positive place with ourselves and then when something bad happens, it's not that everything's out the window. We're in a positive place and negativity sometimes happens. Bad things could happen and it's cushioned in a good thing. Now, how do we cushion, how do we make for ourselves a mindset that the negative is cushioned in a beautiful life is by appreciation. The Rabbi Kaler says, a Pusik says like this, Rabbi Kaler from Waterbury says that, Pusik says, so we relate Hashem's praise in the morning, and at night we have a muna, which means in the daytime when everything's clear, the sun's out, the light's shining, there's positivity, then we we praise Hashem. And at nighttime when things are dark and we can't see clearly, then we have a muna that everything's good. But he said the words much more than that. The way we're able to have a muna during the dark times is specifically if beforehand we preempted it with appreciation. When things were light, we appreciated life and we kept saying thank you to Hashem. Then when things get dark, we'll be able to have the moon to know that everything's for our best and everything <coughs> will be good. And Hashem has our best interest in mind. And and not everything's out the window. The, the appreciation keeps our life positive. And, and there's so, so, so much to appreciate. I heard uh, that if there's a study done, if someone writes down five things a night that they appreciate in life, then after 30 days, it will have the same effect on the brain as taking antidepressants for 30 days. We're not talking about someone with severe clinical issues, but if someone's trying to change his headspace, and someone's trying to get in a different mindset, it's an incredibly, um, it's incredibly helpful and positive exercise to write five things a night, not more, five things a night that we appreciate in life, and after 30 days, our brain starts seeing things differently we start appreciating so much there's so much that we have it doesn't mean we don't have struggles it doesn't mean living in la la land it doesn't mean pretending that things aren't hard but we're in a place our mindset is that we we appreciate life life's amazing i something's hard okay we have to deal with it but it's cushioned in this view of how awesome life is of how much hashem gives us how about how endless 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 amount of things that are going through our life right now 
and we're able to cushion the things that are hard in the positive things. Everyone should have an awesome day. All the best.